Welcome to the Broken News Podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss the magazine headlines you've seen, plus some that will surprise to entertain and arm you with knowledge you didn't know you needed. Say hello to the hosts. I'm Helen and I'm here with Sarah and Francesco. Say hi, guys. Hi, everyone. Hello. We are the editorial team at Readly, an all-you-can-read subscription platform for magazines and newspapers. The content that this episode is based on can be found on Readly, and we will drop all the details in the show notes in case you feel you are curious and want to read more. In each episode, we will cover a specific theme, and as always, the three of us have sent a deep dive into the Readly platform to highlight a story we believe is worth expanding on. And today's episode, we're diving into the perplexing and paranoid world of conspiracy theories. Francesco, you picked this theme. Why conspiracy theories? Well, I think nowadays they are quite famous and they're be- they're becoming increasingly important in everyday life with COVID and stuff. I think some of them are absurd, but some others are really fascinating. What do you think about? Yeah, like I, I don't believe in conspiracy theories at all, but I understand why people want to have explanations to things that happen. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it, Helen? Yeah, same as you, Sarah. I don't believe in them necessarily, but I do understand why people adopt them. Uh, I found a really good article actually called The Psychologist Conspiracy Theories in a magazine called Wellbeing Wild Issue 12. And it says that people adopt them to gain back a sense of control in a situation that feels out of control. So the COVID-19 pandemic is a really good example. Yeah, I read the same article. It was really interesting. So page 93, guys, go and check out. It's very worth, explains a lot about psychology of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll say that all content mentioned, we'll put in the show notes, you can find links to Readly, where you can read up about it yourself. I must also say before we start that I read in a magazine called Forskning and Framsteg that the worst thing you can do is to make fun of conspiracy theories if you want them to understand that they should not believe in the conspiracy theories. But yeah, we are doing that. So uh, if you don't like it, you should turn off your podcast now. But then I'm interested, Sarah, did it say anything about how you should treat conspiracy theorists? Yes, yes, it did. Well... If you want to help someone who's like really into a conspiracy that is like bad for them, uh, you should try to understand them and not belittle them. Show empathy and ask them detailed questions to make their self-reflection going. And um, also contact people who has believed in that uh, conspiracy theory, uh, but has left it, but not pressure them. But don't you guys have the feeling that sometimes like conspiracy theorists are just repeating over and over the same usual sentences, you know, that basically when you ask a different question, they always came out with the same answer, with the same beliefs they have, like no matter what kind of topic. Yeah, you know, it's it's them or it's no, they are not telling you or why you're just thinking this. Like they're not even, I think, listening properly to to the question you're making to them. Wait, so do you mean that if you're a conspiracy theorist, you tend to believe more and you have the same answers for uh, all exactly. of them. Is that it's, what you, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like that because Sarah says you have to show empathy and try to gain some details around the discussion, you know, and once you try, you don't really get any other answers than the one you were provided before. Because you know think, so many. Yeah, <laughs> I think, um, well, no. like we've mentioned, the psychology comes into it. They try and take comfort in, in facts or what they believe to be facts to take comfort. But then sometimes I feel like it can just be entertainment. So I don't believe yeah. in them. 
But if we move on to our stories, the story I found, actually, I find it really cool and I wish it was true. Um, So the one I found, I actually found a whole book, bookazine, called Conspiracy Theories on Readly. And the story I want to talk about in particular is the Rendlesham Forest incident. It's found on page 34 of the bookazine. So what happened on the 27th of December in 1980, a UFO was seen landing in Rendlesham Forest near the joint USAF air bases of Bentwater and Woodbridge. So it was tracked by British military and apparently left behind physical evidence. Nothing sort of happened. And then it was a few years later, what they deemed to be like men in black people went to find a guy working in the forest to ask him and he, and the, he thought they were journalists because they were asking him loads and loads of questions about yeah. it um long story short it, it sounds like the government tried to cover up this ufo landing uh, but when you when you read the witness account so they described the incident they say they saw a strange metallic light coming from the forest it was sort of like triangular in shape about two to three meters high red on the top blue flashing lights on the bottom and it kind of looked like it was hovering and then it zoomed off and all of the nearby farmyard animals went crazy. But that's great. Yeah. And then the next day they yeah. found um, sort of like imprints, three imprints on the forest floor <laughs> that looked like it had generally been there. So Amazing. I, yeah. I think that's really cool. Um, the guy working in the forest though is tried to put, like squash the conspiracy and he just says that all of the burn marks on the trees that the the UFO supposedly caused were from an axe. Well, but now we are entering into a very deep discussion because that's more than conspiracy theories, the existence of UFOs. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory is probably because I do believe in UFOs, you know? So mm, yeah. the universe is way too big just to be alone here. The humans, I agree. So. I totally believe in aliens. I don't know whether we have yeah, seen them yet. Exactly. On- that's the thing. I did read another article, though, when I was researching this on BBC, and it was the Pentagon have released UFO videos. Oh. So, Sarah, Sarah, what did you, do you see? How do you see UFO's existence? I actually read in, um, also I read up on this in Aftonbladet, an interview with the vice president for UFO Sweden. And uh, he's actually oh. a journalist, and he says he collects the witnesses from uh, people who's seen the UFOs and they have now up to 20,000 uh, witness uh, reports. Yeah, yeah. Well, often they fall down. So this one is sort of, um, people call it the UK's Roswell. I don't know if you know anything about the Roswell one. It, yeah. it was a similar one in Mexico, I think. And yeah. the thing is, they all happen by an air base, a military air base. So often the argument is, oh, it's the the military's testing stuff that we shouldn't see. And that's why they all get covered up. Yeah, it's pretty much connected to Area 51 as well. It's very famous. Mm. We we haven't mentioned it, but of course, the first thing that actually comes to your mind when speaking about UFOs is the Area 51 in the States. So check it Mm. out. We have a lot of material really about it. We do. Yeah. yeah, but does I mean like one thing about conspiracy theories is oh you blame the government the government is covering something up so this is checking the one box for conspiracy theories like believing in UFOs not believing in them but believing that, that it's the government uh, hiding that, them uh, yeah yeah 
So now you are both conspiracy mm. theorists. I know. I do believe that. But but that but depends it, from the topic. Yeah, and also that's the only reason this one has legs is because twelve years later the government were really proven to have covered it up. But we should move on. I'll just say that that bookazine has a whole section on extraterrestrial incidents, including Roswell, alien abduction, UFOs, secret bases on the moon. So check that out. Sarah, you're up next. Tell us about your... Yes. My conspiracy theory, my favorite conspiracy theory. Well, this is uh, for all the Swedes. Um, I have chosen to talk about the murder of the Swedish Prime Minister Olof Palme, which happened 28th of February 1986. So wow. I would say that this is probably one of Sweden's biggest trauma because the Prime Minister got shot after he had been to the movies with his wife and son, and um, it didn't get solved. Uh, for 30 years. It's like crazy. Kennedy in the States. You tried to emulate the assassination of Kennedy. Maybe someone <laughs> did, yeah. <laughs> but not, oh, not you. But. No, but it's crazy that the murder of a, a prime minister, it was just actually t- 34 years we went without an answer. But now they have said that it uh, was the Scandia man, they call him. Uh, have you seen the mm. Netflix show about him? No, I haven't actually. No. There's a called? Netflix show. Uh, oh my God, I can't remember the name of the show. Uh, well, so 34 years without an answer has, has, of course, led to a lot of conspiracy theories about. Who- what's the most famous around? Like, what's the theory that yours with this thing? Why was killed this prime minister? Was it kind of against something or was he having a lot of enemies? He had a lot of friends and a lot of enemies. So, my favorite conspiracies against this was that it was actually the police officers who did this. Really? Yeah. So what, by accident? Why? Or no, no, plotting, plotting. Yeah. So oh, wow. Consp- it was an assassination. Yeah. So the conspiracy is that uh, a lot of policemen, it was known hubs within the police force that actively disliked him because of the mm. choices he made. There has also been like witnesses saying that there was a lot of strange acting police in the neighborhood that night. And um, mm. so that and also like a known policeman has said that it's, there's been some tamping with the um, time tracking afterwards. So the time tracking doesn't add up. And he's like sure of that Not until his death, he was sure. So many. What I found interesting, I was reading about it and he said that it's just small detail, but he said he'd already dismissed his security team for the day and then someone quite easily took a shot at him. That would never happen now. People no. are like our prime minister or like our royals are guarded day in, day out. And it's- I mean, if you have a gun and you really have the intention of shooting someone, you will just somehow manage it. So but how how aren't you getting caught? Like I know exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and That's also, the, the mystery what- around it. I'm interested to know what they told the public then. If they didn't announce or didn't prosecute anyone for 30 years, what did they tell the public? The conspiracy trace was that it was the South African regime that uh, murdered him. And this was because uh, Palme was against apartheid that was in South Africa Uh, at the time. So so there was actually a conference with apartheid uh, in Stockholm the week before the murder. Um, Sweden was more chill around politics and stuff. Like I wasn't expecting so many enemies or <laughs> conspiracies yeah, around. Interesting. You are wise. This was guys. before you were born, Francesco. So nineteen eighty-six. Okay, cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wait. <laughs> so I found that Netflix documentary is called "The Unlikely Murderer." 
Why? So the Scandia man then, why did he get convicted in the end? I think everything pointed towards him at the end. Um, I, I have seen the series and I mean, who knows if the series are correct. Spoiler. But yes, <laughs> spoiler. spoiler alert. It was the Scandia man, Stig Engström. He actually worked at the Scandia, uh, which was an office just next to the murder place. So mm. he and he was really against Palme. But yeah, go look at the go look at the Netflix series, but also read Aftonbladet, Palme, 30 years from uh, the murder. It's on Ridley, page 38 to 41. But yeah, did, you. Had, had, you, had you heard about the, the Palme murder before? Because it's so big in Sweden, mm. but I don't know. No, no exactly. No, That's I why hadn't. it's interesting. Again, you're a wild guy. So interesting yes. stories. I will totally Not as check. neutral yeah. as we come <laughs> off. No. You're yeah. dangerous. Sorry to all the Swedish friends listening to this podcast. I'm obviously sarcastic around this. Yeah, just alienate half of our audience. (laughs) Um, Go on then, Francesco. What did you find? Well, I have a tiny theory that I really love and I have to put a disclaimer on it. I strongly and firmly believe in what I'm going to explain to you. Do you Wait, know? pause. No. Can I just say, Francesca, you were totally a conspiracy theorist. You believed in definitely <laughs> two out of three. Yeah, and then, of maybe Sarah's. <laughs> I, I told from the beginning, it depends from the theory itself. Do you know about the theory, Paul is dead? The P-I-D. Do you know? No, what no. Paul. Paul. Like P-A-U-L. Well, the Paul is dead is an urban legend and conspiracy theory alleging that Sir Paul McCartney died in November 1966. So guys, Sir Paul McCartney actually is dead and was secretly replaced by a lookalike. And that's something I strongly believe because that man, Sir Paul, always looked weird to me. There's something in his face, but it's not only my feelings. There are some evidences in this. Let's that's called, proceed. That's not nice that's called of you. Botox. Yeah. No, well, I, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. Of in case he does, I will give him an opportunity to defend himself and prove that he is the real one. I read this actually in yours retro, the issue fifty-two. That's from July this year. On page fifty-four, there is even like a rubric with the evidences of this theory. But let's proceed step by step. First of all, on the inner gatefold cover of Sergeant Pepper, Paul wears a patch on his arm. That reads OPD. Do you know what this means? OPD? No, tell us. <laughs> Officially pronounced dead. That's oh. such a proof. Guys. Yeah, but that's him messing. He's playing into the theory. I think it's just Beatles feeling guilty. They're trying to communicate something to us. I think they're messing because if it was true, they wouldn't then be pushing it in our face and pretending or hinting mm. that it was true. You know, they would really yeah. try and cover it up. Wait, because more is coming. There are other evidences like turn me on that man. This sentence can supposedly be heard when you play a certain part of Revolution 9 backward, guys. Turn me on dead, turn, turn me, me on. on dead man. Yeah, exactly. So with the words turn me on, is it like turn turn on the CD or is it like turn me on? Like in a, no, ooh, turn, turn me, me on. on. It's like he's so kind of persecuting the other Beatles alive. So they feel so guilty that they have to pronounce this. You're adopting. I see, I see your face. No, I don't believe this one. Wait, wait, wait. There's another one. Okay, in the background. Yeah. Now there's another one more convincing. We all know the Abbey Road album cover. You know, it's the one while they're crossing the streets in the mm. Abbey Road. And well, in the background of the Abbey Road, there is a Volkswagen, like a car, with the license plate LMW28IF. So you know what this means? 
no. was interpreted as Linda McCartney widow and Paul would be 28 if oh, he was God's still sake. alive. <laughs> no, yeah, that's so convinced. And wait, wait, wait. Another example is the interpretation of the Abbey Road like kind of ceremony itself because it seems to be a funeral procession. John Lennon dressed in white said to symbolize the heavenly figure. Ringo Starr dressed in black symbolized the undertaker. George Harrison in denim represents the grave digger and Paul McCartney barefoot guys and out of steps with the other symbolize the corpse so much symbolism like this that's... is just connections that doesn't exist yeah this is someone is playing a game and it's like if i said to you francesca find everything relating to paul mccartney is dead in this office you could run around and find loads of stuff you probably. think so Well, mm. I've never It's met Paul right. McCartney, so we'll never know, actually. There is one last evidence, which is the, the funniest of this story, mm. because it's during the outro of Strawberry Fields Forever, it suggests that Lennon utters the words, Paul was buried. He actually said, cranberry sauce. I don't know how people interpret it from cranberry sauce. That But how did he die then, Paul? In a car crash. Basically, was it was running out from this rehearsal, and uh, there was a girl asking for a for a drive and he hasn't uh, looked to the red lights then crashed on a on a tree Beatles stopped for two years going live why and um, they let them grow mustache as well and they changed styles as well every album to cover the discrepancies between the lookalike and Paul McCartney and with that I'm done guys well is it applause, so when I was applause, reading about applause. this Yeah, well done. I mean, you haven't convinced me, but but I was reading well, around then. this and there's actually loads of conspiracy theories attached to the Beatles. So one, obviously, it was all the secret messaging reportedly hidden in their songs. You mentioned that. Another one, did you know this? That apparently it was Stephen King, you know, the author, the scary author of yeah, It. Yeah. And apparently he killed John Lennon. And that's oh. based on the fact that Stephen King looks a little bit like Mark Chapman, the guy who actually killed Lennon. But this one, I found this, you'll love this, Francesco. All right. Because it's actually been proven to be true, the FBI oh. was spying on John Lennon. And I found Why? this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I found this in an article from Reader's Digest. So it's not in the magazine on Readly, but it's an article I'll drop in the show notes. Twelve mm-hmm. conspiracy theories that actually turned out to be true. So the FBI was spying on John Lennon because he was considered a threat. So because he had yeah, all of these like, was an- spreading these these messages of peace and love. Yeah, so dangerous songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 1971, they put him under surveillance. Yeah, that one was true. Do you want to hear some other ones that turned out to be true? Government mind control. This one's interesting. The CIA was testing LSD and other hallucinogenic drugs on Americans in a top secret experiment on behavior modification. And that whole program was real. Interesting. Interesting. The government. Okay. It's, it's the, the government. government. Yeah. And then, oh, wait, this one. Wait, hang on, this can't be true. The Dalai Lama is a CIA agent. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Is that what? I'll share this article because it's very interesting. And it's from Reader's Digest, a brand we do have on Weekly. Well, I have the best recap sentence of this episode, basically, because yeah. now we know who killed the prime minister in Sweden. While watching the UFOs in the sky, Paul McCartney was inspired and killed the prime minister in Sweden. And that's how the story ends. Before, before he died or after the new Paul McCartney? Or 
Let's just well, let's not ask questions. Let's just leave it there. That, guys, <laughs> that was such a poetical conclusion. You can't ask questions. I think maybe the lookalike of Paul McCartney then, and which makes a, here's, completely here's sense. Here's a better uh, recap as well, because then he killed Palme because he wanted to become an alien. Because I read that there's actually there was a cult that committed mass suicide in 1997. <sighs> well, okay, a bit later, but still, because uh, they thought that it was a spaceship behind the comet Hale-Bopp. Uh, that you could join if you died. So actually, 39 oh, people wow. was convinced by the cult leader to commit mass suicide. Oh my god, that's yeah. awful. This was in the UK. Yeah. And Paul that's McCartney horrible. doesn't have anything to do with them. I prefer, uh, maybe I prefer Francesco's. <laughs> I prefer Francesco's answer to all of this. Thank you for clarifying. On that note, we will leave it there. We would love you to get in touch with us. Which of the stories of the week did you find most intriguing? Please email us at editorial at readly.com. That includes Paul McCartney. So Francesca, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Uh, Please uh, do it. Yeah. We've linked all of the content mentioned in our show notes. So do go check that out. And don't forget that there's so much more content on, on these topics, but all other topics you can find on, on the Readly app. So thank you for listening. Say goodbye, guys. Thank you. See you. Thanks Bye. for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.